I'm Brandon Isle with BYU-Idaho Radio. I'm with Robert Hibbard. He is the president of the Rexburg Community Theater, and this week they're putting on It's a Wonderful Life, a radio play in Rexburg, and this is so exciting. You've done this before, and you're at it again. Tell me about this production, and why again, and, and why this time of year? Well, uh, it, It's a Wonderful Life, of course, is a Christmas story. Now, uh, the the play is a, actually a radio play, not a straight play, and it's uh, based on the movie It's a Wonderful Life starring Jimmy Stewart. And uh, anyway, we, we put it on two years ago, and we, we tried to put on a, a show in the summer and in the winter. And, of course, last year we did a production of A Christmas Carol by Dickens. And then this year it's A Wonderful Life. And we may alternate those two back and forth year to year unless we find another show that's kind of a Christmas show that we like as much as we do those two. Now, you mentioned, so this is a radio play. And I think some people, as they've looked at it, they're kind of confused what that even means. So can you kind of explain how this differs from a regular play? Yeah, you bet. Before the advent of television, we, we did have dramas on radio, okay? Uh, the Shadow and Little Orphan Annie and a lot of different things that people listened to because the radio was the main form of entertainment in America, uh, especially during the Depression and World War II. And uh, people would be without food before they would be without a radio sometimes. <laughs> I love to so, hear something anyway, like that. People loving radio, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> At any rate, so the radio show means that you have five people in the cast. There are three men and two women. And between them all, they're playing 42 different characters. And so it's, it's really a voice actor's medium. Uh, there is three microphones on stage. We have a Foley artist in the back making these sound effects. And we have some music that is, you know, digitally played over the sound system. And so they, we play it like we're in front of a live studio audience, even though it's not really being broadcast. And, uh, but the actors do move and we do have costume changes. We just don't have set changes and things like that that you would normally see in a regular play production. I'm, I'm just thinking about how you would go about having so many different uh, voices for something like this so quick. Uh, you said five actors and 42 different characters. Uh, do they get mixed up or they've practiced enough that they, they just move from one voice to another seamlessly? You know, they, they are to the point, yes, where they are pretty seamless. Uh, some of the characters are minor. They have like one line, okay? So it's not, not a horrible thing. Each of the actors plays one of the major players in the show, like uh, uh, George Bailey, his wife, Mary Bailey, Mr. Potter, uh, Clarence, the angel that God sends down to help George Bailey, Violet Bick. Um, those are some of the really big characters in the show. Uncle Billy, too. So those ones are played more than the others, but then the others are filled in. 
And you mentioned that this uh, is based off of the movie. Um, do they try to stay true to those characters from the movie, um, try to sound like them and everything? Uh, yes and no. In, in some cases, I think they're trying to sound like them. But, uh, you know, as an actor, you like to put your own twist on a character. And I think they're doing that, too. So a little, little of both. Yeah, I, I, I mean, James, Jimmy Stewart playing, playing that main role. That's hard to change. That you don't want to stray too far <laughs> for something like this. It's true. It, it, he's he's kind of one of those iconic characters that, uh, like you know, if you've ever watched Hello Dolly or Fiddler on the Roof and Tevia, you know, those are the those are the kinds of characters that you don't change because people have expectations of them and you don't want to disappoint. Yeah. Now, take me back for a second to auditions. Um, was this hard to pick a cast to do um, just so many great things on stage? Um, not, not too bad. We, we, I think we have a really talented group of actors. Some are veterans to the stage. Uh, some of them are more beginners, uh, but uh, I think they're they're a really good group. Uh, our directors had a good time working with them, and um, I, as a director myself, I'm really positive about uh, the outcome and how the show has has come together. What what kind of timeline have you had for putting this show together? Mm, we had auditions in September. And they started rehearsing in October, and uh, they were going a couple of nights a week um, until a couple of weeks ago. And then they ran every night last week, and we've run up to, you know, tonight is the last rehearsal before going on. It's it's not a really long play. Our total running time without an intermission is an hour and 30 minutes. So if families want to go to this and bring their, their little kids who don't have the longest attention spans, this might be a good one for them? Uh, yeah. yeah I, would, I would say I wouldn't bring anybody under eight or so, because um, I think they would be able to follow the story. Any younger than that, you know, in theater is kind of a, a crapshoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. <laughs> Uh, what should people expect as they go to this? Um, what will they actually see on the stage? Well, we do we do have um, a small set with decorations. There's uh, tables and chairs upstage. Uh, the, the actors come and go from as they play the different characters and as the story uh, unfolds. And we have three uh, microphones downstage like uh, you would see in a radio setting that are actually the old-style-looking old um, microphones that uh, we don't really use them. Uh, each, each actor has a face mic, but they're there as a prop, you know, to give the effect of this is a radio broadcast. I, I'm just imagining this in my head, and uh, it's it's so fun to think back to the, the old radio days and um, you know, I wasn't around to, to see these live broadcasts, but this is something that you can have that effect and be able to experience it yourself now. 
Yes, yes, it is. It's really fun. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier my, my first degree was in broadcast journalism, and, and frankly, my favorite medium was the radio because you didn't have to worry about your looks. <laughs> you know, you it's it's a voice medium, and uh, and so that that was always fun for me because I um, I I feel like. Uh, um, as an actor, vocally is, is something that um, I'm talented at rather than, you know, the other looks department. <laughs> <laughs> we, we get that a lot in radio, right? <laughs> you, you have a face for radio, yeah, I'd say. <laughs> yes, yes, that's, that's it. Now, talk to me a little bit about the story, too. I know people are generally familiar with It's a Wonderful Life, and sometimes it's a little polarizing. People love it or they hate it. Uh, not so many in the middle. Um, but but why is this story so enduring? Well, uh, it's it's a story. George Bailey is kind of an everyman, okay? He's just a normal, everyday local yokel who uh, grows up in a in small town America with dreams of being an engineer and traveling the world. And then, of course, uh, the reality of the depression and just life in general settles in. And he has to uh, adapt his dreams to fit his reality. And um, he makes uh, the most out of his life when he realizes that, you know, uh, some of your dreams don't come true, but, but a lot of them do. And there's still wonderful things that happen to you in life because you have friends, because you have family, uh, because you have the things that you need. Uh, sometimes we, we get carried away with, you know, watching movie stars or sports heroes with their, you know, really flamboyant lifestyles when behind all of that, they're really not that happy. Uh, whereas, you know, a regular local yokel, um, can, can, we can live our lives and do normal things and mean something to somebody and have a very happy life. Yeah, I've, I've heard people who haven't watched the whole movie, uh, they get through most of it and they don't see the, the payoff at the end where his family and his friends just rally around him when he's going through this difficult time. And, and it's, I mean, just, just a heartwarming scene, especially at the end. Um, how, how do you guys on stage make that really come together? They, they follow the movie script really pretty, pretty darn well. Sometimes... You have to narrate it just a little bit and um, to help people set the scene because it's not visual. It's uh, more, you know, audio. But uh, the story comes across very, very well. The emotion is there. The emotion of George realizing that, you know, because she didn't live, you know, so many other things happened that wouldn't have happened otherwise. You know, the town kind of uh, goes off in a different direction. His uh, younger brother, who he he saved, uh, actually dies. Uh, the business is lost because he wasn't there to save it. Okay, and so he realizes that uh, he had a wonderful life, and and the, the actors are able to portray all of those emotions. And they do, they do move on stage some. They don't, you know, it's not blocked out like you would a regular play, but 
but you, you get the idea very well and you feel that emotion from how they portray those characters vocally. Yeah. Well, the play is happening December 15th, 16th, 17th, and then Monday the 19th, and it's at Madison Junior High School. And where's the best yes, place for people to get tickets? Um, you can go to rctttheater.org and buy them online, or we will also be selling them at the door. Excellent. Well, $8 Robert. dollars for adults and $6 for uh, students and children. Okay, perfect. Robert Hibbard, uh, thank you so much for talking with me about this play, and I'm excited to see it all happen. Thank you. We appreciate you guys, and uh, we look forward to uh, putting it on.